Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is a new year, so how about a new you? That's right, how about some new clothes from Leon Tailoring? Something ready-made, something custom-made, or something tailor-made. No matter what it is that you're looking for, they can put it together for you at Leon Tailoring. Or maybe you have goals to lose some weight and the clothes don't fit as well as they used to. Well, Leon Tailoring can take care of that. Or maybe you gained a couple of pounds over the holiday season. Well, Leon Tailoring, they can take care of that too. Notice the pattern here, Leon Tailoring, they can sort of take care of everything. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, say hi to Larry, Kim, and Judy, and tell them Abdul to Leon Taylorine, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. So uh, another week down, um, I am actually uh, uh, kind of positive this week on the fact that we've got some things moving that uh, we were scared of in the beginning. And they seem to be changing over here in the Senate. And it's really an opportunity for us to look at the legislation that the House has passed, kind of put our stamp on it as a Senate and hopefully get some better legislation than what we saw coming. Um, there's a few of them that, you know, are still in the process. So I don't want to take a victory lap on anything because, you know, until we sign a die, everything's open. But I think there's been a lot of things that have been happening to help us compromise some of these things that we saw that were very dangerous in the beginning. So right now what I'm going to do is hopefully go home and relax after a very uh, – Tentious week, and hopefully, uh, now that I know we're going to have a couple committees next week, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get to go home for good. And state of Indiana will be maybe better off because of it. Any uh, thoughts about getting out here early, uh, Senator Ray Brayson? Maybe like May, not May, God, no, not May, more like March 7th or 8th. I like that. We're not here to do any more, do any more damage. That's my reason. Uh, the Senate so far has been hesitant to move the 13th check bill that would give folks support this year while they're figuring out the long-term solution um, going forward. Um, what message would it send to retirees if the Senate doesn't push that forward, as, as clearly the House wants to? Clearly, uh, that's something that we need to be really, really cognizant of. Um, if I had my drudges, I would have moved it the first week. I would have probably had a Senate bill. Um but, you know, there's some people that believe, you know, we don't we don't owe our retirees anything, even though they don't they don't get a cola. Um, I think it's it's sad that people who depended on something or are used to getting something, we take it away. Um, and it's it's tragic because the reality is we can afford it. Uh, we could talk about whatever we want to. But at the end of the day, the Hoosiers uh, have spent enough money with us and provided enough tax, enough tax revenue that we could actually fund that and not even blink at it. What are your thoughts on the anti-Semitism bill? It seemed like both sides were a little kind of torn once it was amended and then you saw the Jewish community kind of have some backlash towards it. That, that bill I struggled with from the beginning and I'm struggling with it even more now and here's the reason why. I saw some reactions and heard some things that I never thought I would hear out of communities that talk about hate and talk about how hate is not even needed. And I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't here for the testimony, but my, some of the uh, testimony that I heard uh, calling people not a real Jew and not somebody, you know, who supports the Jewish religion. Um, I, I really don't understand it. Um, this is the house of everybody. It's not just the house of Jewish people. It's the house of Muslims. It's the house of Christians, It's Catholics on all sorts. And because you don't get your way, I mean, you just stand up there and you, you, 
you you go after your own people. Um, I think it's scary when we think about it. I think it's the reason why I said a long time ago, this thing is going to get ugly. Uh, we probably shouldn't have the legislation anyway. But now that we have it, I think uh, we did some good things over here, making sure that certain groups uh, were included in regards to making sure that nobody likes anti-Semitism. I'm not supportive of that at all. But, you know, giving somebody the ability to make a definition and then change it, and we've got it in our law that that's what you can and cannot say is just not... It's not good public policy. So um, I'm happy things change. I'm, again, going to reserve my lap uh, until everything's over. Do you think there's a middle ground? I don't know. Um, maybe we're there right now. Uh, do you see anybody from the Islamic community getting a resolution in the law stating what, you, you know, that we don't support anti-Muslim, that you do? Do you get a statement in the law from people that saying that we're not we're going we're the state of Indiana is anti-racist? They're getting a definition that says we are not supportive of anti-Semitism. No other religious group has that coverage in our statute. So, yeah, it sort of is a middle ground. Uh, the Gary lawsuit, Bill, uh, yeah. you spoke passionately about that in committee. Um, yeah. When it comes to legislation that could alter an ongoing lawsuit, um, how do you tend to make your voting decisions? What kind of factors go into it when you're considering whether it's appropriate or not to intervene? Well, that's a you know that's kind of a loaded question because here's I have two duties on that side of the on that side of the issue. First of all, I'm a member of the bar. So I have a Supreme Court rules and, and sta you know, standards that I have to live by. And then I'm the legislator. So let me start with the rules. The rules say that we, no matter if we're in our position as an attorney or otherwise, have the discretion to understand that we may be doing something that's in violation of the law. And we are supposed to take that higher road in all accounts as lawyers. So as a lawyer, that's my position on that. I think it's out of our realm to be affecting pending litigation. That's as an attorney. Now let's talk about the public policy. From a public policy standpoint, it only affects one community, one case, and one city in the state of Indiana, and that's Gary, Indiana. It's special legislation in my opinion. So if we want to go down this track, then we could start I mean, it's an ugly precedent to set uh, to start getting involved in litigation that is pending. That is actually, let me make it very clear, that's in the discovery stage. And for those of us who know what discovery is, it was only through discovery that the opioid uh, companies that were selling these things that we discovered that they knew this stuff was addictive and still pushed it into the community. I want, I want the media to think about something if you were to just to change the word gun to opioid, it would be the same case. What if the state of Indiana took, took the position that we will no longer allow communities or municipalities to actually sue for purposefully interjecting opioids into communities, knowing that it was going to harm them?
knowing that it was going to harm them. And right now we have an attorney general who has said publicly at to the National Rifle Association, I will not pursue legal ramifications for the city of Gary. And this is who we want to give the responsibility to actually, actually represent our municipalities against the gun industry for doing something unlawful. It's unbelievable to me. And I think, I think uh, that there's going to be a lot more discussion on this, and I'm not sure that that piece of legislation has a happy ending. Speaking of attorney generals, any ideas on legislation that would uh, basically deal with uh, attorney generals and their license and possible disbarments? Um, I always thought you had to be a licensed attorney to to be the attorney general. I just don't know how long your license has to last. Uh, uh, You know, know, we have an interesting situation here in the state of Indiana, and I've said this before, but it's a creature of our own making. you know, I, I had, had conversations with people about constitutional convention that Washington's off the off the rails and they're doing things. Are, but we are we draw these districts. We drew these gerrymandered districts for Congress. Seven out of nine are non not even competitive. The, listen to what I'm saying. The people in the state of Indiana who go to the polls don't even you know why we don't have voters going to the polls? Because they know their vote. There's one district that if you're a Democrat and you're on the ballot, you might be lucky to get 5% of the votes. I I don't understand. And then they come here and they say, Washington's off the rails. Yeah, because we created Washington. And so when we talk about this attorney general, we created him. We gave him the authority to do these things. And we keep giving it to him because we won't reel him back. Now, I don't have the power single-handedly to do it, but you know what? My, my friends on the other side of the aisle do, and I would recommend that they do it sooner rather than later because we might regret it when he wins an election again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.